everyone. I hope everyone's having a good night. Welcome to After the Game, a conversation with my dad. Just a short little podcast post-jazz game and all things NBA and all things sports. I'm Spencer. And um, Barry, it's good to be with you on this Friday, May 14th, as we get close to the final weekend of the NBA season with uh, the NBA boiling down to all 30 teams, by the way, Spencer, will be playing on Sunday, all 30 teams. So we'll have 15 games on Sunday as the season winds down. We learned a little bit more tonight. We'll get into it as to who's in and who's close and who's out as a lot of teams are playing tonight. But uh, we'll first of all start with Utah Jazz, who won tonight over OKC. Any thoughts, Spence? Yeah, not too much to unbox here. It was as predicted, the Jazz kind of ran away with this one pretty early. I don't think they really lost the lead once they got it. So, I mean, that wasn't too much of a surprise. The big takeaway from this game is uh, Michael Conley came back. And so that was that was good to see. He looked healthy, he looked happy. Uh, chemistry was flowing. Obviously had some limited minutes. But I was pleased with what he brought to the to the team again. He's been out for a little bit. And I was mainly focusing on his impact in the game while he was playing with um, Bogdanovich. I mean, Bogdanovich has been playing incredible since Mitchell and Conley have both been out. So I just wanted to see, get a little taste of where he would be once Conley came back and had another uh, offensive all-star on the court. I don't know what you saw kind of with Conley and Bogdanovich or just Conley in general. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, so great to see Mike Conley back. It was fun today when we were kind of talking about the game tonight and see him questionable or probable, and then all of a sudden able to play. 16 minutes, 10 points, two rebounds, three assists, one for three from the three-point line. Mm. One of the comments that I made during the game tonight, uh, back to you and the floor of the game, was that the, the rotation that Quinn has has been amazing throughout the season where he pulls – Conley and Gobert off the court early or at least at the seven minute mark of the first quarter and then brings them back in with about two and a half left three minutes left and I and we saw something a little different tonight that I think is going to be a byproduct of the injuries and that is you bring and you put Conley on the court you put Niang on the court you put Gobert on the court you put Clarkson on the court and there's a little holdover there with Bogdanovich that is a very very potent offense and I forgot how good that was and now it's even better because Niang and Boyan Bogdanovich have gotten really good along with Clarkson so it's almost an NBA starting lineup playing against the second team of many NBA teams yeah it's it's weird seeing how much depth there is to the bench once you have Mitchell and Conley um, back in the game because that's that starting team over the past nine games is now the second team. So it's it's kind of crazy to see as another team going against them. If you look at the stats of the last nine games, Bogdanovich has averaged 26 points. Clarkson has averaged 23. Niang has averaged 12. That's twice as many as his previous six. And Forrest has obviously averaged about seven points over the last nine games. So they're cruising. I mean, if I was a coach and I was getting ready to play against the Jazz, I'd just be <laughs> – scared not only for the starting lineup but for the the bench too and it shows because they're all very confident so Bogdanovich did play well I thought that when he came in obviously he's been averaging over 11 points in the first quarter but with Conley starting it, it was a little bit of a slow start for him but the threes were falling tonight I was feeling good looked like everybody else is feeling good so I was pretty I was pretty pleased with our performance yeah going back to Bogdanovich um, had 22 points two rebounds three assists eight for 16 from the floor two of five from three was was a kind of a quiet 22 points 
but it's what we need out of him. Um, as I was thinking today, we, and, and you'll hear most announcers say this that are jazz and non-jazz in order for the jazz to win a championship, Bogdanovich has to play um, lights out. And he's found his rhythm because of these injuries. We all as jazz fans sputtered a little bit to say, oh my gosh, Mitchell is out. Oh my gosh, Conley is out. When are they coming back? What are we going to do? There might be some magic in this. There might be some magic in this that these guys are going to be confident knowing that, hey, if Donovan has an off night or if he's out of shape or his ankle's not right, this team still can be a, a winning team. You mentioned Clarkson a minute ago, another solid night, 18 points, three rebounds, three assists. He was four for 10 from three. I think it's what is night. We don't know. The numbers keep racking up. It's 93 in a row. Um, uh, fourth, a three-pointer made 93 games in a row and all of them, I think, off the bench. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously they all looked good. Niang looked really good. Um, I mean, like we said, nothing too crazy to take away from this game other than Conley looking good back on the court. I think it was a great game for, for him to come back, kind of warm up to get ready for the playoffs. It's going to be a crazy end of the season, but the Jazz are definitely in control of their destiny getting, getting back to the last game of the season. Hopping over to o Oklahoma, though, um, they, I mean, obviously the season we all know kind of has been a little bit tough for them, but some of their players came out and played hard. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, I can't really pronounce half of their team though. That's what, that's what I was going to say. The joke here is, is I'd love to run down their roster and say what we thought, but I can't pronounce their names. So it's some spells if we tried, <laughs> but it, uh, it, 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 it's kind of fun to watch guys kind of scrapping and playing around. I, I think the unfortunate thing is, and I've been around, you know, too many decades in, in this league, having been in the D league and the NBA. Um, unfortunately, half of these guys are not going to be on this roster next year, maybe even more. This is um, uh, OKC really stockpiling top draft picks, which they're going to start right. getting into the next year's draft. And then this year, next year's draft, and you're going to start seeing some trades and, and filling some spots. We didn't see tonight as a door that, uh, that didn't play tonight. I don't think, uh, uh, Alexander played, didn't play tonight. They didn't really play the lineup, but they had some guys that, that, that looked good. A lot of international players, not yeah. a lot, but a handful of international players on this yeah. roster. I remember going to a UCLA game out in LA a couple of years ago, watching Moses Brown play. So it's kind of fun to see him on the court, but these guys are just not top tier NBA talent. And it was a struggle for them tonight. Yeah. It's fun though. It's fun to see how, how big the league is getting. And obviously, um, Oklahoma is trying to rebuild their team right now. They got a new coach. He kind of looked like he might be able to build something. And, and it'll be interesting to see where they end up next season um, and how, how, thing turn, how things turn out for them. But, um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that you kind of wanted to touch on. Yeah, with that part of the yeah, here's, what's, yeah here's what's crazy before we leave this Jazz OKC game. And we, we haven't talked a lot about it in our podcast. Maybe we have, but not that much. Quietly tonight. Rudy Gobert goes for 16 points, yeah. 18 rebounds. It used to be if Rudy had 10 and 10 or 12 and 10 or 11 and 9 that we were like, okay, we're getting serviceable minutes out of our center. But on a regular basis, you can look at a stat sheet and generally he's got big numbers, 16 points and 18 rebounds and really only 27 minutes. I think he's averaging over 32. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, so uh, I, I think it's funny watching watching play, especially players on OKC who are just young and athletic. It's it's even 
even more crazy that like they get into the paint and just the sheer terror they get when they see this type of power just standing there. And these are like kids that can like, they're in the prime of jumping and you you just know that they're just, most of their games just getting close to the hoop and just jumping and dunking. But then they just see Gobert standing there and it kind of shows how good of a defensive player he is because nobody wants to even try it. Nobody, everybody already knows this won't end well for me if I try to go up and dunk against Gobert. And it's because I think he has 198 blocks, right? So far. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he I has the most. Yeah, he has the most dunks, I believe, in the league, and, and close to the most blocks. Um, one fun thing of this game is I'm sitting there watching, and then I go, "Oh my gosh, that's Tony Bradley!" Yeah, and I I go, "That's where he's ended up. He's bounced a couple of times since we traded him, but we're only I don't know, twelve months away. Not even that long ago." Tony Bradley is getting big minutes on the Utah Jazz, and now he's with OKC getting yeah. 18 minutes a night. What a difference really. in, in just a short amount of time it has made in the Jazz roster and going back and getting favors. We can talk all we want about how the defense falls off when favors comes into the lineup, but what do you expect when you're following the greatest defensive player in the league? And yet favors tonight uh, played well as well. Um, he had some jump shots that I thought were really good. He ended up with eight points and five rebounds in only 11 minutes. But, but man, to see Tony Bradley, it makes you think we went a couple of three seasons with Tony as our major backup there for a while. Yeah, and I, I'm happy with favors, and I'm glad that the Jazz had the roster that they have because this is it. This is what the Jazz have moving forward, and, and I'm happy with that. And it's going to be a good playoff run for sure. Uh, it's kind of crazy to see where things are lining up and who the Jazz might play. Uh, if we want to hop over to the to the rest of the league, there's a I think Memphis and Sacramento are playing right now. I mean the Jazz play Sacramento next. Um, the Clippers and the Rockets are playing right now. Actually, the Rockets look like they're beating the Clippers. Yeah, I'm watching that live right now. Rockets are on a uh, 15 to two run. They're up 103 to 86, uh, just about the end of the third. So I'm watching that game. I don't know. I haven't looked at the box score, so I don't know if the Clippers who they're playing to meaning. Who's yeah, on the floor for them tonight? Let me go to the box score and see. Yeah, they're really guys are in. Who sits and who doesn't? I mean, they obviously have George and Leonard, so they they can. Yeah, so it looks like Paul George has not played tonight and not on the roster. Oh, there he is. So he hasn't played tonight, and Kawhi Leonard hasn't. So they started Luke Kennard, Scrub, are they Rondo. Three. What's that? Are they locked in on the third seed? Uh, I haven't gone to the, the standings just yet. I was just looking. Um, they are in the standings tied with Denver. So this is a game for them, but it's, it's, it's as if they're not, they don't, I don't want to say they don't care, but they, you know, they're not playing Kawhi Leonard and they're not playing Paul George. If you're going to go play Houston, that's probably the right thing to do. But Houston has come out and really uh, taken it to him tonight. Yeah. I mean, obviously these, these type of teams can just turn it on for the playoffs. So a big difference in the, the three or four doesn't really matter for them because they're just going to turn it on no matter what. Yeah, when you when you look tonight, um, Houston, uh, Kelly Olenek has 15 points and 10 assists tonight. He's quietly putting together a great little run after having been traded from the Heat. It's kind of sad that he's toiling there in Houston because he's a, just a great player that I think a, a contending team could really use down the stretch. Um, but yeah, it appears as you look at the score right now, the, the Rockets are up 12 on, on the Clippers. 
Yeah, but I mean, as a Jazz fan, I guess that doesn't really matter. As long as we win our games, I mean, we're going to be at the top as number one. Um, I know the Lakers play Indiana tomorrow, and then they finish with the Pelicans. So they're most likely going to win those games, maybe. And so they'll they'll win the play-in opportunity for um, um and, and I, I don't know. I don't know what you think and how it's going to end up, but Jazz can play them or they can play the Warriors. Yeah, to me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you know, either one is going to be a battle. Uh, the, the Warriors are playing really good right now. Definitely LeBron and AD are going to get in sync within a game or two of a playoff um, series. You're going to have to play them. You know, you're, you're, here's we, as a Jazz fan, you can go all day long and say, oh, my gosh, do I want to play the Lakers or do I want to play the Warriors? Uh, maybe I want to play the Warriors and not play the Lakers. Yeah, but the reality is you're going to have to play the Warriors or the Lakers. You're going to have to play the Clippers or the Nuggets. You're going to have to play the Mavericks or the or or the Trailblazers. And then eventually it could be that you play Phoenix. The, the, the reality is you're going to play great teams, whether it's in the first round or not. All this talk about, oh my gosh, let's not go in the first round. It'll really hurt you. It to me, it does not matter. You have to play the best teams no matter when you play them. If you beat the best team or the better team in the first round, then that just makes you stronger in the second round. Bold and true. Welcome to the West. You're going to have to play good teams no matter what. Do you want to hear um, a little conspiracy, a little basketball conspiracy? Sure. Um, so who's LeBron's favorite teammate of all time, do you think? Uh, I would say Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's probably everybody's favorite teammate. But I think LeBron James, his favorite teammate that he played with is probably Dwayne Wade, had a big influence on his career, had to move around a couple times. And I think LeBron is knowing that he's going to have to play against a good Jazz team so put your tinfoil hats on, but maybe LeBron called up D-Wade, made him buy part of the Jazz just to have something over the Jazz in case they run into us in the finals. Yeah. The Dude, that's, that's, a, that's a big stretch. But I that's don't know. A, I mean, keep your tinfoil hats on while, while the playoffs go on. But D-Wade might be in there just for – no, nah, I'm just kidding. I, th I think D-Wade's a great, great – will be a great owner. Uh, yeah, it certainly has put the Jazz in a position where they can attract talent as the future uh, continues to come to life. And Mitchell will bring a superstar to the team. Listen, we, we, we have superstars. I mean, Bogdanovich on another team, we've seen what he does now without the All-Stars on the floor. He probably could have been an All-Star himself. So um, the, the Jazz have as good a chance as they've had in a number of years, maybe since Carlos Boozer and, and Darren Williams and Stockton and Malone, this is a, the, the next iteration of that as they go into the playoffs. And listen, if they lose in the first round, it is what it is. They have had a magical, magical season. But I think you don't win 51, 52 games in a 72-game season and, uh, and fall out of that, of that front first round. And, and if Donovan comes back, even at 80 90% to begin with, what we've learned is we have great players that can carry a team in it yeah, in the series. Yes, they got players and they, they got the team to do it. Um, let's uh let's go to the Eastern Conference really quick and, and talk a little bit about what's happening there. The Philadelphia 76ers tonight thumped the Orlando Magic in Philly. Um, so I think that puts their record at 48 and 23. I'm not sure if this is updated. It looks as though they are going to win the East. I know Brooklyn's right behind them a couple of games back, and then Milwaukee. Those three are solidified. So Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Miami, New York are all within a game of each other. And then Boston, it looks like it's definitely in the play-in. Um, and then they're just waiting to see who they play. But 
I, I got to tell you, a, a couple of years ago, or even last year, we would have been saying Milwaukee is the team to beat. Giannis is the guy to beat. Now, all of a sudden, it's almost an afterthought for Milwaukee, which is just bizarre to me because Giannis is the best player in the NBA. He's a two-time um, MVP, but but now he's he he's third, and you're talking all about Philly, who is just on a tremendous yeah, tear. Joel Embiid could be the MVP. I mean, obviously, I think Djokovic is probably going to take it, but I mean, Philly's got the players to win to win it all this year, and they're going to go for it. Yeah, I mean, Embiid is just uh, at another level. But uh, you know, I was talking today with with a, a friend and. How would you like to go up against Brooklyn? I don't care where you are in the East and I don't care where you are in the West. All of a sudden you get on the floor and you look at the jump circle right before the ball is tossed and you see Kevin Durant, one of the most prolific scorers in NBA history, Kyrie Irving, who can handle the ball better than anybody else, and, um, and James Harden, who probably can do a little bit of all of it and has the most prolific strong words, step back, left-handed three-point shot in the NBA. I guess the only rebuttal to that is that we haven't really seen all three of them together. I mean, for whatever reason, they've all been resting. I mean, they're going to come out to win the playoffs. That's why they're all together is just to basically play in the playoffs. But, I mean, they're best players in the league for a reason. And for some reason, Durant's always in running to be the MVP, even if he doesn't play half the season, because he's one of the best players and he can get the most points and he can go out and score. So, I mean, they are not – I highly doubt Brooklyn's concerned with where they end up because they know once the playoffs start, then their season really starts. And so that'll, right. That'll be interesting. Right. So here we come into the final weekend, and we'll wrap up here in a few minutes as, as we, we end tonight. Uh, the Utah Jazz now have a day off tomorrow, travel to Sacramento, and play one of the final games of the season at, at 9 p.m. Eastern and, and – and, and 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, they go in there knowing if they win, they get the number one seed. Sacramento, as you and I talked earlier today, has nothing to play for. Um, do they roll over? The Jazz beat them by, I don't know what it was, 40, 50, 49 points last time they played. Um, so they've got to go in. Jazz take care of business. They get the number one seed. Phoenix now will go tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon I think at noontime mountain time and then Sunday at noontime and play a back-to-back -back in San Antonio and San Antonio doesn't necessarily have anything to play for either because they have clinched a, a, a play in. So what are your thoughts? First of all, let's go to San Antonio and Phoenix. How do you think that plays out um, over the next two games? Well, I mean, the, I mean, Popovich, excuse me, he, um, he's, a great coach for a reason. And, and if you notice, he likes to rest his players. Uh, you kind of mentioned this too, I think last time. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see who he brings forward. I mean, there's not really too much of incentive for them to win as they have already locked in that play-in game. And so well, I guess it's not a rollover game for either team because Phoenix, Phoenix, I mean, they're trying to win to get that one seed if the Jazz fall, but if the Jazz win, then we clinch it. But then again, um, Phoenix is always playing hard. Chris Paul always plays hard. Um, I think San Antonio might rest some players just to get ready for that, for that playing game. Cause that's ultimately what matters the most. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you kind of feel the same. Uh, you're right. You made the right statement. Popovich is notorious for resting players at the end of the season. Now that's when he was winning championships. That's when he was winning conference game and he knew how to rest his players. I don't know what that means for this team this year. Um, 
I mean, Phoenix is going to go in tomorrow. If they win tomorrow, then it sets up Sunday. They will play before the Jazz play, right? So if they win Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon, they will be one game behind the Jazz, and the Jazz will have all pressure on them later. That they'll know what they need to do. Let's say Phoenix trips up and doesn't win on Saturday, then the Jazz probably go into Sacramento with no pressure, might rest players. So a lot rides on tomorrow's game between Phoenix and San Antonio, but. I think Phoenix tries to win it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Phoenix is going to go in there. And I, I don't know if, what San Antonio gains at all by trying to win that game. So I, I just see Phoenix rolling over San Antonio the next two days and the Jazz having to win on Sunday night to maintain the number one seed, which the Jazz can do. For sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of how it goes is San Antonio probably rest their players, not really risk anything getting ready for their playing games. And then Phoenix will just probably just roll over or not roll over, just play hard to make sure that they can at least have a shot at getting the one seed. But ultimately, the the our destiny is in the Jazz hands. They can, they it's, it's up to them on whether they win the first seed or not. So right. that's always comforting, especially knowing that it's the last game will be against a team that we've blown out by about 30, 40 points. Right. So what do we look like? Gosh, when do the Lakers play again? Lakers. The Lakers only have one more game left. Why do I, why did I think they had more than one more game? They should have two. And yet I can't find, I can't find both games. Maybe. Oh, there it is. They play tomorrow away in Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier. And then that's right. Sorry about that. And then they play Sunday. Pelicans at home that'll be interesting now we got to look before we go we got to look at what portland has left well they have denver they have denver but who do they have i think they just have denver is that all they have left yeah they do so that'll be interesting right because denver might have a shot at the third seed when that game rolls into town and portland's probably going to be trying to portland's trying to fight off the lakers that's a game that actually matters um, coming down the stretch will be Denver and Portland. Did you, uh, have you seen that somebody tweeted at Damian Lillard? You want me to read it to you? Sure. Now Portland has 41 wins. And so uh, a Trailblazers fan tweeted, Dame, how is your hamstring? I need you guys to win 42 games this year or I lose a bet and lose my house. Huge fan, even if I'm in a mansion or homeless. And then Damian Lillard tweeted back, say less. <laughs> so it looks like Damian Lillard is going to come out strong. I mean, it's always funny to see when they interact with fans off the court. And so somebody just tweeted, hey, if you don't win 42 games, then I lose a bet and might lose my home. And the Damian Lillard was basically just like, say no more. <laughs> I'm coming in hot. <laughs> Talk about betting. You've got the second leg of the Triple Crown in horse racing Ooh. tomorrow. Uh, I think we have the Preakness. Um, that's tomorrow, and and uh, so be yeah. So if the, if the Clippers win, which I don't think they will, it looks like they'll lose tonight to the Rockets. Then that makes things a little bit more interesting for Denver, which makes things more interesting for Portland. But the Lakers still are riding up on Portland, and then the Mavericks are sitting, sitting in the exact same spot, pretty much. So it's crazy. These this last game of the season for almost every team is a deciding factor and i think that's fun i like that it's going to be kind of weird not knowing who you're playing in the first round but um 
it's fun. I mean, playing tournament brought to you by State Farm should be good. Yeah, I got to tell you that as much as you might like it or not like it, it certainly makes teams think twice about tanking because <laughs> yeah, if you're exactly. close to that tenth spot in that play-in, you know you you've got to you've got to really really play hard to get in there and, and keep it alive. So I I think it's I think the league retains it in some fashion. I really do going forward, whether so. just because of a shortened season or or not. I think you see this format in some shape even in next year in a full season yeah lebron was salsa dancing the other night so his ankle looks pretty good i don't know if you saw that everybody was like there was a video of him doing some salsa dances and people were like looks like his ankle's good <laughs> so yeah i don't yeah. know why. i mean obviously he's resting for a reason but i mean he's a playoff player you know like that's why he's on the team is just to play in the playoffs win right. the playoffs so right. it looks like the lakers just got to where they are now only so lebron could rest and come in during the playoffs so it'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited. It looks like it might be the Lakers versus the Warriors in a play-in at least once. And then... Yep. So we'll end on this. Uh, I never would have thought starting the season that the Jazz will have the best record. The, for, the best uh, uh, since 1998, right? It's the best. They got first. Yeah. Regardless of the seed, they will, have a, they will be tied for the best record regardless now because they have 51 wins and that's all that, that... – Yeah. Phoenix I'm hoping they're the only team with 51. So that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that's not going to happen because I, I think I look at this and Philly can't do it, but Phoenix can do it. So they're, they, I think they'll get – there's no way they go in and lose two to San Antonio. So they'll get their 50th win. Right. Well, I'll, I'm loving the season. I'm glad that we're able to talk about it. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dad. Have a good night. Yeah, bye.